Good morning, church, and um, welcome to what is our last of our series looking at the big issues facing our world today. Now, it's interesting because while we're just doing four weeks on some of the big issues, they are by no means the big, all the big issues that face our world today, but they are some of them. Some of the big issues that face us globally, face us individually, um, are issues that talk to us personally, that challenge us individually, but also challenge us as a, as a country, as a world, as, as a whole people. As we've been looking at our series, the thing that I've been wanting to do is not to be uh, a naysayer, a doom and gloom kind of person. I've wanted us to be actually looking at how God is present with us always and gives us indications on how we treat others, how we work within our world, what we do that will encourage us to step up and do more, to face some of these big issues for ourselves. The issue I want to explore with you today is the issue of equality. Now, as we look at our world today, let me say this, where we, we see inequality pretty much anywhere we look in our society. Yeah, I want to say that it's better today than it has been previously, but there is still inequality. Inequality in areas such as our, our socioeconomic classes. The, the rich is getting richer, the poor is getting poorer, and the divide is getting even bigger. There's inequality around race, around gender, um, inequality around the colour of your skin, inequality for Indigenous peoples, inequality in access to healthcare, and even there's inequality about what's happening around the world with COVID-19. Think about it for the moment, you know, countries can buy, other countries can't. Some countries get fully vaccinated, other countries are still struggling. There's inequality there. Yeah, we've been better than 10 years ago. We're better than 50 years ago. We're much better than 100 years ago. But there is still inequality in our world within the relationships that we have within our own society, within our own neighbourhood. Let me, let me break it down this. Inequality, that is the opposite to equality. Inequality being the opposite to inequality. Inequality is the unequal distribution and or the unequal access to wealth, to income, to goods. And I want to add this. It is also the unequal access to opportunities. Think about unequal access to opportunities. So if you don't even have the opportunity there, then you're not even going to be able to, you know, get in the game so to speak, on inequality. So if the access to something has been denied you, then it, it, it is a case of inequality. As I've been doing, I've been pulling up some stats and figures from around the world from influences of what's been happening, and, and I've got some stats for you to ponder on at the moment. And, and here's the thing. While we might think that we're pretty um, progressive advance within our country, within Australia, within ourselves and hopefully within our own relationships and the way we treat one another. Here's some interesting stats for you. 
Unfortunately, women make up the majority of those poorest people in the world. Women make up the poorest of the poor in the world. It's not men, it's women. There is inequality there. Let me give you a figure that leads to inequality for women. There's about 875 million women in our world today that don't know how to read or write. 875 million women that have never been educated in that space. They don't have the opportunity to get a better job, to further themselves, you know, um, and, and just be able to interact with the services that require you to read and write. We still have in our world today young girls being married off as child brides. We don't hear young boys being married off as child grooms. There's inequality. Here's a big one. When I said women were amongst the poorest in the world, women make up only 10% of the world's income. Women only get 10% of the world's income. 90% of the world's income go to men. That tells us we have an unequal world. Coming into Australia a little bit closer to home, a little bit, you know, and, and this is not about bagging out people, this is just about facing the reality of our world and our situation that we have ourselves. You know, for, for Indigenous Australians, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, there are still major concerns about having appropriate access to healthcare that, that, is, that is not just providing a service but a holistic service that, that looks at their spirituality, looks at their health, looks at their community, their interactions between one another. This is actually a model that we need to embrace and be a part of, but there's not appropriate access within Australia. I'm here standing in a very privileged position. Let me say this, I'm standing here in a very privileged position. I'm, I'm male, the start of all, so I'm ahead of the game already if you're thinking on the equality stakes. I'm white, so yet again, I'm ahead of the game. I'm middle-aged, ahead of the game. You know, I'm not having to deal with the, the issues of being young and not being able to get into the workforce kind of thing. You know, I'm in that middle-aged category, although I think I'm creeping higher in that category, but let's just leave that alone for a moment. Um, I'm educated, I've got degrees, I've got a job, I've got housing. You know, this makes me really privileged. And it means that I'm in a position that I should be challenged myself about how I treat others. How do I treat others in an equal space? How do I bring about inequality from my privileged position. Being in a privileged position doesn't mean that you need to berate yourself, beat yourself up, everything of that nature. It also, but it means that we need to examine ourselves. Am I perpetrating, continuing on a system that brings inequality? Or am I contributing to bring equal and fair distribution into the world? That is the challenge for me. How do I overcome? What do I do? What things, what are the behaviours, what are the things that I will do that stops 
and breaks down the inequality and especially the inequality between males and females. It is a major and big issue. So let's think about this biblically for a moment. Let's think about this on, on what does it say? Why should we be doing this? Is this just an issue that we should have for ourselves or is it an issue that we should be worrying about? And I love the reading that we just had previously and I'm going to share it again with us. It is from Galatians chapter 3 and starting from verse 23. And it's, it's often said that this is, the, this is the text that we want to go to when we talk about how we are equal. What does it mean for us as Christians, as disciples of Jesus Christ? How are we equal? And, and instead of just taking that short section that talks about the equality, I wanted to put it in the bigger framework for us. So that's why our reading is slightly longer than what we would do just to pull in the verses about males and females, slaves and free and Jew and Gentiles. Instead of just having that, let's, let's see where this passage comes and why it is important for us to see this and understand this. So Galatians 3 verse 23. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. So in other words, here is, here is Paul, the Apostle Paul, talking to the church of Galatia and, and giving them some information about how they're meant to behave and where, how, they, how they understand themselves and how they are related to God and what their faith actually means to them and how they relate to one another. So before we had Christ as our way of faith, we were under the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed, the way of faith in Christ was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. I love that. I love that the law is not there to create issues for us. It's there to protect us and bring us into right relationships with God. The problem is the corruption of the law is when we take it and we bend it for our own means to separate and divide rather than to bring together. And now that the way of faith has come, so this is cross, now the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian because we have Christ. For we, for you, this added us, for you are all children of God. So we are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. How are we children of God? How do we become part of this family of God? It is through faith in Jesus Christ and through faith in Christ alone. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ by putting on new clothes. We have actually gone, this is the new me. We've clothed ourselves, robed ourselves. We're still who we are, but we've robed ourselves with Christ. This is who we are and God sees us as this. And then Paul goes on and says this really important statement. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. 
You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. And this is actually important for us to actually understand that. The promise of being God's children of Abraham is the promise of that was given to Abraham of being a blessing to all the nations, of being God's chosen. And you are chosen through Christ. Hallelujah for that. How great is that? See, the Apostle Paul is giving the church in Galatia and us today, challenging us today in our world, this thing. We are all equal in the eyes of God. We are all equal because of what God has done for us through Christ. Not through our own means, not through the law, but what Christ has done for us. I love the way, and we've been using the New Living Translation because it just brings the text alive, but occasionally we'll just jump into, a, into another translation to help us get a little more nuance into what the passage is actually saying to us. And it says here in, in the New, New International Version, um, in Galatians um, 3.28, it actually says this, there is neither Jew nor Gentile nor slave nor free nor there is male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You are all one in Christ Jesus. That is fantastic news for us. We're all one in Christ Jesus. See, here's the thing. The law was there to protect us. But by by having that protection, there were some laws that uh, meant that it segregated, it separated, pushed people apart to protect. So the law there also highlighted difference. It highlighted distinctions. It created separation for protection's sake so that you weren't following patterns of behaviour that would take you away from God, of the true worship of God, but it would bring you back into true worship. And the problem is that separation, keeping safe, meant that what people did was close down rather than open up, pulled away rather than brought people in which created inequality for us. It meant there was differentiation between individuals, between nations, between kinds of foods, between kinds of animals. There was this separation given. Yet when Christ came, Christ didn't come to divide, but Christ came to unite, to bring back into the fold, to bring back together to go and bring back into a right relationship with God. This must have been a really big challenging statement for the Galatians, but also good news for the Galatians. Because in the society at that time, slaves were thought of merely only in property sense. If you're a slave, you were owned by somebody. You were a piece of property buy and sell, dispose of as you wish. In the time, women were confined and were disrespected. In the time, Gentiles were constantly sneered at by those who were Jews. So those who were under the law, they were saying everybody else was outside and not as good. There's... Jesus uh, talks about the prayer that the Pharisee says, um, uh, highlighting the prayer of a true believer. 
as the, the Pharisee being not the prayer that we should be doing. And yet this is the prayer that highlights and sort of, sort of the prayer that they would say. And it's been said that they would say, I thank thee, God, that I'm a Jew, not a Gentile. So they're giving thanks that they're a Jew, not a Gentile. I give you thanks that I'm a man, not a woman. And I give you thanks that I'm free, not a slave. So that's, that's a prayer of giving thanks for the fact that they are privileged, that they are separated, that they are under the law. And yet, what does Paul say that Christ brings, that Christ removes? Christ removes the boundaries here between Jew and Gentile. There is no, no Jew or Gentile, you're all one. There is no difference between male and female. You are all one under Christ. There is no difference between slave or free. You all want one. So the prayer that they would be saying and, and claiming that they were special, they were separated, they were above everybody else, gets broken down. Broken down for us. And so this inequality that was a product, this inequality that is a product of our broken world, God removes. God doesn't see us with eyes that are defined by social constructed distinctions for us. God doesn't see us with eyes that are brought about by our social perceptions of who's right, who's wrong, who's better, who's worse, what's of value. God looks at every human, regardless of their race, regardless of their gender, or their skin colour, their ethnicity, their place of birth. God looks at you and sees you as who you truly are. God looks beyond the outside. And God looks at your heart. God looks at what motivates you. God looks at you in the way that you were truly created. And that brings me to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, which says this. And so God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. How did he create them? Male and female. He created them. And I love this because we're created in the image of God. We're not created all the same. Notice that um, it doesn't say you're created one and everybody looks the same and everybody is the same. Even in that statement from Genesis, we are all, there's male and female. There's distinction. There's difference. But yet we're all created equal in the eyes of God. And we're created equal, especially because of what Jesus has done. It is what Jesus has done that allows us that free access to God. We've been redeemed back into that relationship with God. Proverbs 22, verse 2, also says this. And I love this little piece for us. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord's made them both. So if you think that, you're a Christian and that you, you're doing really well because you're a Christian, you're getting more money, all those kind of things, and you think that the person next to you is not doing so well because they're not as wealthy as you, that there must be something going wrong in their life, God has made you both. You are both equal in the sight of God. That's what Paul is telling us. That's what Paul is telling the church. Try not to separate. Try not to make distinctions. No, pull, don't pull people apart because you are all made by God. You are all the one, the same under God. 
you know, we, it says that we have all fallen short. It doesn't matter. We've all fallen short of what God has given us. The, the way we should behave, who we should be, but we're all the same. And that begs for us how we behave. We're, we're God's handiwork. We're, what's the principle that we need to live by in order to allow equality to become part of our life? Now, for me, one of the things that I need to learn to do and continue to do and continue to check myself is ask myself, Am I placing myself above and beyond somebody else who looks different, different education, different background, different gender? Am I saying I am better than somebody else? Now, this is not talking about skills. This is not talking about your ability to do a certain task because you may have developed skills in a certain area and you're better at that. It's actually much deeper than that. It's actually the innate way we behave, the initial reactions that we have towards others. Sometimes it's out of fear. Sometimes it's out of misunderstanding. Sometimes it's through a bad experience that we've had. And we label everybody the same. That we need to break down. We need to be willing to take ourselves from the place of honour and serve others. A biblical principle for ourselves. Don't place yourself at the head of the table. Place yourself in a place of servitude for other people. To lift them up to allow them to hear the good news. There's no distinction, no separation for us. People should be able to hear the good news and not be separated because of their the place they live in, because of the race they've come from, because of the education that they have. God wants all people to be a part of his kingdom, of his world. Why do we do this? What's the kind of behaviour that we should be having for ourselves? John, John 13 verse 34 says this. So now I am giving you a new commandment. So this is Jesus talking to his disciples and actually giving them a new commandment, something that they need to do. This is embodiment of what it means to be a disciple, embodiment of what it means to be a Christian, an embodiment of how we are to live our life. And he says, this is a new commandment. Notice this, instead of thinking about what the law is, about separation and, and pushing apart and drew, pulling apart, he says this, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We often say this, we will often mention this, this will be a hallmark of what we say about ourselves as Christians, that we are... Loving, that's the mark of what it means to be a Christian. I have to say this, at times 
the church is some of the most unloving places and we need to challenge that. We need to change that. We need to actually show that we are a place of love, we are the place of concern and that love breaks down these barriers, breaks down this inequality. If we work out of the basis of loving others just as Jesus loved us, then we are going to want to bring those people up into a better standing than what they were currently. We're not going to place ourselves above and beyond. We're not going to think ourselves better. We're going to be willing to work to break down the inequalities within our world. Christianity is not a passive faith. Christianity is a life-changing faith. It challenges us to do so much more in our world, in our life, challenges us to to come against the systems, the people that are causing harm in our world. This is a call for us to rise up and do more. I just want to remind us what Paul says to the church in Galatia and to us about what it means to be equal in the signs of God. And it says, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, and all who have been united in Christ in baptism have been, have been put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, no separation. There is no free, slave or free, no separation. There is no longer male or female, no separation, because for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So let us just pray together. Let us just ask God to come into our world now, our world not the world out there, our world, challenges us. Do more for those that have the least. So let's just pray together. Lord, you challenge us each and every time when we open up the Bible about how we live, about what we do, about our resources and how we utilise them and share them with the world. You challenge us that we cannot think that we are better than others. You challenge us to love like you have loved, to cross the boundaries, to challenge the, the institutions, to, to stop the inequality. Lord, I love how you saw those people in need And so often there were people who couldn't look after themselves, who were down in their luck and you lifted them up. Lord, help us to be people that don't think better of themselves. Help us to be people that live their life in imitation of you, more people, more like Jesus each and every day. Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will be upon us and challenging us today. Challenges to do more, not to think more highly of ourselves, but to do more for others. Lord, I just pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.